Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, friends, happy holidays and welcome to this week's CW Pod here on Iowa Everywhere. My name is Chris Williams, and I am joined today by a buddy of mine that I've met over the last couple of years. He's turning into a good friend, and I'm positive he would love a bottle of Steeple Ridge Bourbon, which is my sponsor. <laughs> Coach Darren Hansen, I'm going to have to get you a bottle of Steeple Ridge Bourbon. I, I, I would like I would like a bottle of that because I'm, I'm I'm a bourbon fan and I've not had that so I would like that. It, this is the one I was telling you about when we were in Orlando. Sure, that I said that it's my buddy Pat and he makes it on his farm and like I was telling you about how cool it was. You remember that conversation? This is the good yes. stuff. Right yes, and, and and where exactly is that farm? Uh, it is in Erling, Iowa. Nice, very good. Yeah. Yeah, Very right. Good. So really pretty close to your neck of the woods, actually. It's every every once in a while I go I got a niece that plays basketball and I go to the Harlan area. It's it's right up in, in that neck of the woods, a little Carroll action, Hawkeye Tank yep. country. Uh I, I've been up to Carroll, I've been up to Harlan, so I've been up in that area for sure. Well, coach is uh he is the longtime head basketball coach at Omaha. Previously, UNO is what they are. They will always be to me. Uh, the Mavs growing up, it, we we got a lot of Mavs hockey and football and and, and basketball where I came from. Coach is now uh, the analyst, the color analyst for Iowa State basketball on ESPN Plus. You hear him with uh, a handful of different play by play guys uh, during these non conference games, and I thought it'd be great coach for us to sit down today and just talk about where this team is a lot of excitement after the Iowa win you and I were with them in Orlando when this team faced adversity really for the first time this season too and, I, and I'm genuinely curious I watch all of your games and, and I hear your commentary during during these games but I also know in that role you you only get 10 seconds to give your opinions and and tell us what you're seeing. And I, I wanted to give you a little more of an opportunity and fans to hear some of your thoughts on this team. So I guess, okay, so we're leaving Orlando. Iowa State blows a 21-point lead. A lot of heads hanging on that flight home to where they are now. What have you seen just kind of big picture-wise with this team? 
Well, no, number one, I, first of all, I appreciate the time today, Chris. It's a it's, it's a great thing that you do, and, and it's great following Iowa State athletics. And uh, it's been an honor and a privilege of mine to be just a very small part of that here these last couple of years and watch TJ and his staff and his team grow and evolve and change and all the things that they're doing, right? So, um, but yeah, to jump to it, you know, they had played a lot of non-Power uh, 5 teams going into you know, going into Orlando. And then, of course, they play the three right in a row, and they go one and two. The aforementioned the 21-point loss, you know, to Texas A&M, and that was kind of a blow to them as they were, you know, going out the door because you can be two and one in a, in a good tournament going home and feel really good about yourself. And all of a sudden, you're, you know, a couple of crazy things happen. You can't stop momentum. And now you're one and two. And like you said, you're hanging your head. Now there's question. Now there's doubt. Well, there's one of two ways to go. You've heard it a million times when we get back to the drawing board and, and you get back to the practice floor and TJ got him back in there and it's, Hey, we're going to learn from it and get better. Or are we going to let this become a hangover and lead into our next couple of games and to their staff and to, to their credit, they have definitely turned the page. They got better from where they were. Um, they, they made a ton of progress. Of course, the Iowa game was a, the kicker. They played really well there. The only game I've not seen Iowa State plays, I had a, another commitment this year, was the DePaul game. So I, I haven't even watched it on film. But that's the one game that I have not seen. But I, they played well enough to uh, beat a Power 5 team on the road, uh, although DePaul is struggling this year, as probably a lot of people know. And um, But anyway, I really felt Iowa State turn the corner after that tournament uh, has played well since. Their confidence is back up and playing well right now, and and are and keep making strides with this basketball team with a lot of new and moving parts. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. They, I, I, I kind of feel like we're gonna look back on the Orlando tournament in like late January and say, man, that was probably a good thing. How how that all went down because. Uh, you know, an eye opener. The the one thing I I thought when we were watching those games up close, coach, was just you had a lot of these transfers. We kind of saw Pavelski come to life during that tournament, which I think was a huge plus in that one. But like a guy like Gilbert, it seemed like he was just over dribbling a lot. A lot of these guys who were playing high major teams really for the first time in their career, and. It, I'm just really we're just using DePaul and Iowa. The Prairie View A and M game really means nothing, but the game looks like just watching them like it's slowed down a little bit for them since Orlando. Would you agree? Well, one hundred percent. And I was just going to use the term "slowed down," so you took it right out of my mouth, Chris. But but I will say this: unless let's just take Keyshawn as an example. For the first time, you played a high major opponent away from Hilton. Um, you don't have the fans. You don't have the support. You're probably not just better than the team across the floor from you and all of the things. So all of the habits that Iowa State has built within Keyshawn, the everyday, the moving the basketball, the team play, the don't worry about your points. If you pass it, you'll get it back and we'll all get our share. All of those things, when adversity hits, well, what happens is you go back to old habits. Mm. And that's probably what happened to Keyshawn a little bit in those games. So then now you can take the film and say, okay, Keyshawn, look what happened here. Look where we're at. And then look at what he did in the Iowa game. But even Prairie View A&M, like you said, it probably doesn't mean a lot, but you can see the growth in him from that tournament 
from what Keyshawn has done since then. So now those habits that you've been dealing with in practice and trying to instill, those are coming to the forefront versus going back to older habits because you kind of, when when panic hits, all of a sudden you go back to where you used to be because that's your comfort zone. Well, now his comfort zone is what he's been practicing every day since he's been at Iowa State, and you can see that transformation. And that's just one small example of what maybe the team is doing, but that's an individual thing with Keyshawn. I don't think there's any doubt Taman Lipsy is the most valuable player on this team. Keyshawn's probably the most explosive. Uh, I, I want to give the the bigs and Momchilovich their love too, but I, I really think, Coach, the biggest change in this team compared to, let's say, when we saw them tip off against VCU on Thanksgiving Day is Pavletsky. The minutes that he's able to give now, honest, in that like third point guard type of role that they're using him, and I, I haven't looked enough. Probably, I would guess that he is a beautiful analytics player, and the and I'm I'm only going off of what I see. It feels to me like the offense just flows better when Pavelski is on the court, and I think what we're seeing. Curtis Jones is coming on, okay? Hits five threes or whatever it was against Prairie View. Like he he he's playing some good basketball. But I think instead of Curtis getting like 25, 30 minutes off the bench, splitting that with Pavelski a little bit, who's not going to give you as much, you know, high end scoring potential, but it kind of it feels like it's calming things down. He gets rebounds, he can play defense. To me, that that's been the biggest plus that's come in the last month. Well, I, I think the one thing about Pavletsky, when I when I see him play, and the very first time I saw him was the first game. I read a little bit about him coming from Wofford, you know, the Southern Conference uh, freshman of the year, started 33 games. And if you're in the Midwest and don't know, don't know anything about the Southern Conference, well, it's a really good basketball league. Mm-hmm. Wofford has been a really good program. Mike Young, now the coach of Virginia Tech, was there for a long time and had great, great teams, got to the NCAA tournament. So when I saw that they had a transfer from there, he was yet a young player, started all those games, had all that success. I'm like, okay, this kid's a really good player. And at that point was probably 10th in Iowa State's rotation. And the one word I would use, Chris, uh, when when I see Jackson Pavletsky play is trust. Mm -hmm. I think the coaching staff trusts Jackson Pavletsky just because they know what they're going to get every single night, what he's going to bring, what he's capable of. He doesn't try to do anything that he can't do. And you said it. He's going to get you extra rebounds. He's going to make an extra pass. He's going to hit a step in three off of a kickout or off of a reversal or off of an extra pass. Um, He's going to guard. He's going to keep people in front. He's a great team defender. He's in the gaps when he needs to be uh, for drives to rake and rip at the ball. And you know what you're going to get. And as a coach, there's no better feeling than that when you put someone in the game, you know exactly where they're coming from every single night, no matter the opponent. And everybody on that team does that, but Jackson Pavelski really does that. Yeah, and he just – we talked about the game slowing down. Like he uh, – and, and uh, we'll, we'll transfer into this Omaha-Baloo conversation too is I know a lot of fans just are, are really curious about this, and I think it's quite fascinating, but – you know, I, I've had some fans be like, "Well, they're giving up on Omaha," and they'll be, they'll say, "Well, well, if he hasn't, if it hasn't clicked by now, it won't." And I'm like, "Well, like to me, like Pavletsky at the guard spot looked a lot like Omaha does now." I would say 
in you know the first three games. Like he, when they put him out there, he didn't look comfortable. He, you know, was just moving too fast. I, it, it 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 reminded me of watching the the JV high school kid playing varsity for the first time. It's just a totally different deal. And now he doesn't look like that. And Baloo's challenge is you're 18 years old, down low, playing in a college basketball now. I mean, bigs are 23, 24 years old for the most part across the board. And I, I don't know. I'm not giving up on Omaha Baloo being a big-time contributor for this team at the end of the year. Do I think he's going to go out there and average double digits in the Big 12? No, absolutely not. But I just know how hard he works and what the coaches say about it. And just like at, from an attitude standpoint, like are, you haven't given up on Baloo this year, right? Oh no, not, not by any stretch of the imagination. I think Omaha Baloo's going to have a fantastic career at Iowa state. Now, how many years that is because of, you know, we don't yeah. need to get into NIL and portal. We just don't need to, <laughs> but coming, but, but coming into this year and just, you know, I've been in this for a long time. I do know this. All players progress at different rates, okay, as, as individuals. So, but here's the other thing. From a position standpoint, you always used to recruit guards to play yeah. because they're much more grown into their bodies. There's nowhere else to go. They've they've caught up. They can they can the ball's in their hands a lot. So you recruit guards to play. You recruit bigs to redshirt. They need another year of development. They're still growing. They're still stretching from six seven to six nine or six eight to six ten. They're and they're still trying to find their way in their body as a 18, 19 year old, where a guard has probably been that size for the last three years. Those bigs are continuing to grow. So everyone progresses different. Bigs are usually a little bit slower than guards uh overall, but his intent, his want to, his will, his skill level, they're all going to be there. It's just going to take a little bit more time than maybe what um uh, some fans would like, so so to speak. But uh, I'm I'm a fan of Omaha Blue. I know what he brings. It's going to be a little while until he can fully show it. I think a good example for that, what you're talking about, is Robert Jones, right? As far as oh. the development, like he's a totally different guy than they had even last year at this time. Well, and you're talking to a guy who coached in the summer league. I coached against Robert as a freshman and a sophomore, and he was at the University of Denver. So he's a totally different player, just from a confidence standpoint i mean you could tell he had some skill but you know robert jones right now i don't have his averages in front of me but let's say he's averaging just for fun 10 and 8 well i don't know his numbers right off the top of my head but he wasn't averaging those numbers in the summit league no no and not even just, close really i mean yeah. he was just an energy guy that was that was right it. yeah yeah period end of story so all of a sudden now he's doing things better at the big 12 level and a high major level than what he was doing two or three years ago, three or four years ago at the summer league level, just because it takes a little bit more time for those guys. So you're, you're exactly right. Prime example, Robert Jones. Okay. He's going to Denver. You know, he's a good big body. He's this, he's that. But now that you've seen him after four years and in a program and where they love him and they need him and what he brings, then, you're you're going to see Omaha Blue take those first steps, but Omaha Blue starting out at a power five versus in a summer league school. Yeah. I mean, Jones too, it's just, he, not only have they embraced him, but he's embraced the Iowa state thing too, right? Like he has totally bought into really the last two years, a, a horrible role. Hey, we just want you to go in here and rough people up. Like it's not, 
there's just not a lot of guys in 2023 that are like, yeah, I'll just be the energy guy, right? Like that's that's what it was pitched, and and not only has he done that, but at the same time, he's worked enough to develop. Like I never thought I would see a game where he goes six for six and six of ten from the free throw line, like he did against Iowa. Like it was it was incredible to watch. Well, no doubt about it, and and not role not all roles are the same, but all roles are the same importance. And his role is so important to this team. Hey, come in two or three minutes at a time, give us energy, go beat somebody up, get on the floor, jump into the stands after a loose ball, get an extra rebound, go dunk one in transition. But what else he's done is he's kept such a good attitude that when your time comes, and his time has now come because Hassan Ward, Hassan Ward has been hurt now for the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks and mm-hmm. will be until the first of the year. Well, when you accept your role, and accept it well, and then you get another opportunity. Well, now you're ready for that opportunity. And his opportunity now has come, and he has excelled even in that opportunity because he's ready. If he would have complained or moaned or not liked his role, not fulfilled his role, not did it to the best of his ability, and then an opportunity comes, well, guess what? You're not ready for that opportunity. And he would not be doing as well as he's doing right now as a starter be, uh, if, if he would have been complaining about his previous role, but since he embraced it, loved mm-hmm. it, bought into it, when you get a chance, well, now you can excel. And that's exactly what Robert Jones is doing until Hazan Ward comes back. And then guess what Robert Jones is going to do? Um, Big Rob Energy, um, two yeah. or three minutes at a time, I'm going to give it to you. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's what's great about him. Yeah, it feels like it might make the team better long-term, Ward being out. Well, 100%. Because, And let's go back to Omaha Baloo. Some of those minutes on Hassan Ward of being out, it trickles down. So yeah. Omaha's playing a few more minutes. Robert Jones is playing a few more minutes. Maybe Demarion Watson's going to get a few more minutes in there. So everyone's going to get a little more taste. Now you have to mess with some things, and you have to put uh, uh, Mom Chulovich at the four and play a little bit smaller. So it, it's allowed Iowa State to not only expand some minutes for some younger guys and get them some – uh, some minutes leading into January and February and March for a conference play, but allows them to be a little bit more flexible on what their lineups can be. And it will give them some changes um, uh, going into January and February that they maybe normally couldn't do. All right. So first of all, I'll remind everybody holiday season, buy your friends, buy your family a bottle of the steeple Ridge bourbon. I prefer the black label. That's my favorite of all the labels I've got. I'm holding one right now, uh, but Support one of our great sponsors, Craft Spirits from America's Heartland, baby. Steeple Ridge Bourbon, straight bourbon whiskey. Shout out to my guy, Pat Hoffman. We appreciate his sponsorship of the CW Pod here on Iowa Everywhere. Let's look to the Big 12. And analytically, it's actually better than I thought it would be, Coach. I kind of thought when you brought in some of these other programs that the analytics might drop off. It really hasn't been the case. Central Florida is a good analytics team right now. Uh, it's it's West Virginia and Oklahoma State that are kind of bogging everything down at this point. But this this looks to be murderer's row again for Iowa State. Uh, Ken Palm has them projected at ten and eight in this in this league, which would, I believe, comfortably put you as like a four seed, five seed in the NCAA tournament. I guess you've seen them up close as much as anybody who's not on that coaching staff now, where do you project this team in, in this conference? It's kind of hard, but like, do you, what, where do you think this team potentially ends up, I guess, at the end of the year? 
Well, okay, yeah. Now, now we're going to jump way. You know, not only jumping into January and February, but now you're even jumping beyond, yeah. which is totally fine. It's one of those situations where can you see this team develop into a four or five seed? Yes, absolutely. And if you're ten and five in that league, I, I think you're going to be a five seed right now. You look. You talked Ken Palm. I think they're eighteen. I think. Yeah. And I, the other day, I think um, after this a day or two ago, and I know they changed daily. Excuse me, and I know Iowa State hasn't played since, but I think they were seven in the net. Yes, and, and that and that's usually a little bit of a bigger indicator of what the NCAA committee uses. So they're right where they need to be. Of course, their schedule is going to toughen up. Of course, they have to um, uh, get through the grind of the Big Twelve. So will that drop a little bit unless some crazy things happen? Yeah, probably. But do I see them as a five seed? I one hundred percent can see them uh, right around a five seed, and maybe even a bit better, just because. Their guards are going to do nothing but get better. They're going to get Hassan back, which is just a little bit more experience. Um, and here's another thing about Hassan Ward that maybe people don't realize. Sometimes injuries can be a blessing in disguise because Hassan is going to have to put in some minutes this year, yeah. play a lot. He is thin in stature, so bigger, stronger people can beat him up a little bit and you get a little bit tired. This injury, because he's experienced – it won't affect him when he comes back. It'll just be about getting his wind back and getting his timing back. He'll have better, fresher, more agile legs in January and February than what he normally would have because he's basically going to have a month off of his feet. Mm -hmm. His experience will allow him to get back quicker, will allow the team to be better, and all of a sudden um, the the team will get better and grow as as Hassan goes too. So I can see them as a five seed and – because of that, but also because of their guards. They're so much more flexible than they were a year ago right now. Yeah, and then I I think Lipsy's underrated, like which is kind of nuts because I think all of us who watch Iowa State closely, we know how good he is. I'm just saying from a national perspective, I don't think people have any clue how good this guy is. I, I agree. But number one, I thought he came in um, underappreciated as a freshman, but then had a – I mean, way more than a solid year as a freshman. I mean, he was so good as a freshman. But then this year, again, a lot of maybe non-counter games. But what's going to happen here is once he hits conference play and once he's on TV and once he's in front of more eyeballs and then once he starts doing the same things that he's been doing because he's he's always been able to get the ball to the rim. He's always been able to finish with contact. But now the, he's been pretty good at the mid-range, but this year he can drive it in there and just jump up and make that. And then, of course, right now he's uh, – I, for, I forget his percentage on threes in front of me, but he's not 5 for 25 for the year as he was as a freshman. He's close to 40 ago. right yes. now. So he's fantastic from there. So he's become a not only just a good, but a really good three-level scorer. So once he does that on a consistent nightly basis in the Big 12, more eyeballs on him, it will go from underappreciated to an underrated to then a very appreciated, and he'll start getting the honors and accolades that Tame and Lipsy deserves. I, I also th- – two takes on that. One, I thought when we were down in Florida, another thing we kind of saw was it Tame and – I almost thought was trying to do too much. It, 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 there were points. And and I also think, too, it's like he's had a lot of injuries, even for just being a sophomore. I mean, he's fought through a lot. And I, the three games in four days is, I think, harder for a guy like him than, than maybe others. So that 
That's one thing. I, that's why I, just, I don't know if game three of that, if, if, if that's a great representation of what you'll get from Tame and Lipsy when he's only playing two games a week, like a normal Big 12 season. But two, there was the play in the Iowa game where he makes the steal midcourt and passes it to an open Keyshawn Gilbert in transition before any Iowa players can get there. Gilbert finishes the play, knocks down to three. To me, that's like the most quintessential Tame and Lipsy play I can think of. To not only get the gritty steal, like the all-effort play, but to have it in his head to get the quick transition three to Keyshawn Gilbert. I mean, he just does stuff like that. It's like every night there's three or four plays like that where, and, and that's a big example, but he he's constantly saving a possession here, getting a big assist there. Wow, what a gritty steal. Like it, it's just stuff that I don't think that a lot of analysts nationally even pick up on. No, 100% for sure. He does He does so many things that don't even make the the stat sheet. For instance, let's say he throws it ahead to Keyshawn, and then Keyshawn makes a quick bat, or a quick pass to Robert Jones, who's run on the floor for the layup. Well, okay, Taman not only dug the steal out, kicked it ahead, which made the play for Keyshawn to get it to Robert Jones at the end. So it's kind of like that, whole, that old uh, hockey assist analogy. In hockey, that's statted. In basketball, that play that Taman makes mm-hmm. is not statted. So those are just things that, that Taman Lipsy does all the time. And again, let's go back to Florida just for a second. I feel Taman, and again, first time, high major opponents away from Hilton, three out of four days. I think Taman felt for the first time maybe the guard tandems a little bit not being as effective as what they had been. And I felt that he had to do a little bit too much. Now – Coming out of that, the guards have grown. You've seen the Iowa game. You saw it Paul. Um, Big 12 is looming. Uh, I think he's going to be able to go back to trusting his teammates, not having to do too much because they have now grown around him, and he can feel all those roles starting to evolve. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Coach, I uh, just wanted to – as we wrap this thing up, so you, you've you gone from the sidelines to the booth. I always think this is fascinating to talk to guys like you. What do you, do you, what do you like? Or do you, do you like this TV thing? Do you think you want to keep doing more of it? I think that Iowa state fans have really taken to you quite well. That's a compliment because we're a hard group oh. to win over. Well, well, first of all, I appreciate that. I, uh, you know, I, I, I live, uh, if you're a Iowa state fan, I live on the wrong side of the river. Yeah. So, you know, so I have to drive over all the time. So I guess I don't get to listen to any of that. So you put uh, on a lot of miles on that car to, to go. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. Games. yeah, for sure. I have, you know, but I'm, uh, you know, but I'm good friends with uh TJ and, and I've known Kyle green for 30 years on that staff. Yeah. You know, so I, I go way back with a lot of those guys. So it's, it's fun being around those guys. It's fun. Um, putting down players on a roster. I was doing my play sheet last night for, for some upcoming games. It, it's good seeing stats. It's good trying to read a team on a stat sheet before I watch them on video. It's good trying to see some tendencies. It's good trying to find out some strengths, some weaknesses, how some matchups will go. Uh, so that's fun for me digging back into that because that's the old coach in me. But then um, it's fun giving my thoughts throughout the game. Sometimes I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure sometimes I'm wrong. But uh, but but it's been fun doing that and traveling around and, and seeing the places and seeing the venues and I just uh, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. I think it's great for me at that this time in my life and uh, I hope to do it as long as I can. 
So if you let's say hypothetically you're coaching again in two years, okay, just throwing it sure. out there. Will you be a better coach because you've watched the game from the television standpoint? Like, can you pick up on things? Well, 100%. I mean, when you're in the middle of a coaching profession, and you know what? Like any profession. But when you're in the middle of it, it's that old, I'm a big believer, you can't see the forest from the trees. Yeah, absolutely. When you get out of it and then you look back from a thousand-foot view or from a global view, you go, I wish I would have done that more. I wish I would have emphasized this more. I wish I would have started out doing this better. Um, also, when you're out of it, it allows you time to watch more video of other people. It mm-hmm. allows you to read a book. It allows you to just do some other things from a leadership standpoint, uh, from a business standpoint, which I'm doing some of those things now. And it, it allows you to look at things differently versus being right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And uh if I were to ever get another gig, um, I, I would be a better coach. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying I was a bad one, but uh, but but I would be a better one. And and most people would like that year off. Professors take a year off and go write books and learn about yeah. things. Come back to better professors, right? When they it's yeah, it's I I was just gonna say it's like anything. I feel like that even just if doing when I was doing daily radio for three hours every day on top of my other stuff. It's like, I never felt like I got any better because it was just, you're just trying to survive from one day to the next. And coaching to me is like, I feel like even, especially at the summit league level where you were, it's almost like you're playing defense with your own roster every day anymore. Yeah. And I didn't have a lot of that only right at the very end. So that, so that whole part would be new to me, but yet I've been around it enough that, uh, uh, I think I could adapt and adjust pretty quickly, but that uh, that whole thing has changed for sure. But at the end of the day, um, people have to understand this. It doesn't matter if you're Alabama football or whoever. Winning is hard. Yeah. So winning is hard. So when you get if if you can go ten and eight or eleven and seven in the Big Twelve this year, that's a fantastic year, and you've lost seven times. And people may not like that, but winning winning is difficult. There's there's no doubt about that. And I, and I guess I I could say this example: if every team in the Big Twelve had the coach they wanted, had the right schedule, had the right facilities, had the right assistant coaches, the good recruiters, the, and you name it, you have all the things. And every team feels really good about what their team is. Well, this is reality. Somebody still finishes last. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you have everything you want and everything you need, and you got the coach you want. Yep. He's, he's the whatever. He's the alum and the golden child and played there and all the stuff. But – Somebody still finishes last. Winning is hard. And I will always, I will never, ever, ever forget that. I always tell, I always try and remind fans that I have to a couple times a year where, because I do all these post game shows, right? And so I'm getting the immediate, this happens in football more than anything. It's like, well, for why sure. weren't we prepared for this? And why, you know, well, I, at the end of the day, sometimes you are, and you have to remember that they have 85 scholarships too. Yeah. And, and they also have coaches that are really smart and they've studied you all week. It's not all about what you're doing. Sometimes they have a really good game plan and they stump you, right? I mean, it's just part of the, you, you can't be perfect. Nick Saban isn't perfect. No, Nick, Nick Saban just has such a, such a good situation. And he's fantastic by the way, but he has such a good situation. He probably has more room for error than most of the people he yeah. plays. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, one of my favorite things just sitting and talking with you like we do when we're on the road is just the it's the media coach thing because 
there's so many things that coaches do, and I'm and I always try and make sure and tell you about it that drive me crazy. You guys are the most paranoid group of individuals I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I've never seen a more group of par- more paranoid humans than than coaches. But I learn, and and it's it's my favorite thing about hanging out with you guys because it's I coach my daughter playing um, little league softball, right? Well, after the games, they go home with their mom and dad, and then I'm going to see them again in two days. When you guys are coaching, you're like a dad kind of to all, you, it, you know, like it, it, it ne- the clock's yeah. never off. I mean, you got to feel 15 years younger being out of this game right now, I would think. Oh, 100%. I, I think my heart rate's <laughs> gone way down. My blood pressure's gone way down. I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, you know, for 20 years, I was sleeping four and a half hours a night. Now I'm sleeping like seven and a half hours a night. I'm not, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's like I get home at night and I'm looking around. I don't know you know, what I'm supposed to be doing next. I can just kind of hang out and help clean the dishes and go to bed <laughs> in the normal hour. You know, so all those things have changed. Like I say, um, when the game is done over at Hilton, the coaches aren't even off the floor yet. Shoot. My bag's packed. I'm, I'm walking up and I'm walking in my car and I'm, Thinking about calling my wife on the way home. So the whole the whole thing has changed. We even see it too, and this has been the case for as long as I've been in this business. I'd be fascinated to know how you guys did it back in the day. But like when we when we're flying with the team, you take off. I mean, we're five minutes into the air, and the coaches have iPads out, and they're already either scouting the next opponent or one of them's breaking down that game. They all have their different roles. I mean, it it never stops, and that's just something I, I wish that we could do, like a documentary type thing for all fans to see. Just the the grind that it is when you get to this time of year. It's a labor of love. How did you guys do that back in the day? Like when you didn't have like digital iPads and stuff like that. Like w- was it all, man? We're gonna go to the film room when we get back, and I. I I, I like yeah. hearing stories it, it, like this. It, 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 it was way more hard. You know, it was like, for instance, now with all the technology you have, you can go to Synergy, which is the big breakdown yeah. thing yep. that everybody has. Yep. And you can go to whoever you're going to play, Kansas. Then you click on baseline out of bounds place and you press play. And they have it in order. It just it's goes crazy. play after play after play after all the baselines in a row, starting from their last game going backwards. So you see them all. To where in the old days you'd have one deck with based on out of bounds and style and out of bounds and half court offense and half court defense. And it w- I would literally take down five games, put up uh, VCRs, put one VCR over here, which is the designation. And I would watch the game and I would slowly put them onto the out of bounds, onto offense, onto defense, onto presses. And it would, I'd, li- I'd literally be gone for five hours to do that. That now takes. 30 minutes to get that those same clips done to show your players. It makes your job easier now, but it probably makes it, I bet the scouting is just so much better too, though, across yes. the board. Well, there's no secrets because, yeah. because not only can you watch it, but then you can also go and look at the analytics and say, Oh, I didn't realize he was that good in the post over his left shoulder. I didn't realize he was that good over the, so now if he is a 60% over his left shoulder in the post, and he's only 35 over his right shoulder in the post. Well, now you know, now there's no more hiding that. People are going to overplay that left shoulder because you're so much better going there. So there, there's no there's no hidden secrets anymore. No. 
And it also eliminates like the the guy who the staff that may have been lazy with the film, right? And they yes, it, it, yeah, you're yeah, you're now exposed for sure. Yeah, it, the the whole thing's just just wild. I actually think too the last two years with Iowa State. Correct me if I'm wrong. They've stuck. They've really sputtered in the middle of the Big Twelve, and I think they were so limited offensively that the scouting got so good on them where they couldn't just bully you and do what they do or at least what they were doing then it's not really this team but it didn't it didn't translate that second time around in the league in this round robin right um and and now like I'll be anxious to see that that probably won't be the case cuz they can throw out so many more guys uh, and do so many more different things this time around cuz I, I I didn't think it was like oh well Iowa State's not scouting well. It's just, oh, okay. We're this is the eighth time we've seen Kalsher now, in the last, right. you know, and, well, and it was easier to take away. Yes, well, for sure. And 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 again, Kalsher was a good player. I forget the name of the player that came from VCU last year, the guard. Um, but a lot of those guys were one and maybe two trick ponies to where if you took away their strength. Yeah. They didn't have a whole. They didn't have a, a, a different direction to go. Well, now as you as we see, I know we've talked a lot about Keyshawn today, but when you take away something with Keyshawn, he cannot only make one move; he can make a double move, and now he's getting the ball downhill again. And he can not only get there to score it; he can get there to pass it. He can make threes. Um, you can now bring in Pavaleski. You can take Taman and put him off the ball, so he can anticipate. You know back, you know, chasing shooters or maybe trailing a driver, whatever it is. So he doesn't have to be the head of the snake 40 minutes a night. Um, Curtis Jones is going to come in and make threes. So you just have so many different dimensions. It makes it a harder scout, which I believe will make Iowa State stronger and better in the middle and late in the Big 12 than what they were a year ago. Coach, I appreciate your time. This was fun. We got to do this again. Can't wait. Do it again in the middle of the Big 12. See, are you going to come to some games too once the Big 12 starts? I assume. Yeah, I am. Uh, my, my daughter's already got. I, I want to bring my daughter. She's already got a couple games um, figured out. She'd like to see. So we'll we'll get back over and watch a couple in January and February. But uh, awesome. I'll be well, back. You gotta let me know. Week. We gotta. I'll yeah. take a day off and we can we can. Yeah, I'm in. We can have a I'm good time. Hey, I'll be at Hilton all day Sunday. I got the men. And the women. So I've got double duty. I'll be doing the uh, Coach Fenley for the first time on Sunday. So looking forward to uh, uh, the Lady Cyclones. That that team is a blast. Yeah. I don't know how much prep you've done on that yet, but that team is – they're like the Fab Five. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm just starting to dig in. So it's it's, it's kind of exciting seeing the new team for sure. It, well, you're going to enjoy it too because you're going to see them on the ground floor and then how good they're going to be in two years. And it's going to be – it's going to be – he – that could be like a final four type core for him if he can add the right pieces to it. So no, I'm sure fired up for them. Coach, thanks so much, man. This was awesome. We'll do it again sometime soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Chris. Iowa everywhere.